Welcome to Brews Rock, your ultimate backstage pass to the captivating tales behind your beloved brews. Get ready for an immersive journey into the craft brewing universe every Friday, where we'll uncover the secrets and inspire you to be part of this extraordinary community. Hi, I'm Adrian. And I'm Bo. We're coming to you from Boone, North Carolina this week with a great conversation with Tim and Carson from Boonshine Brewing Company. We're talking community, collaboration, and of course, what makes the high country so cool. So grab a cold one and let's dive in. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience, just in case they're not familiar with you and your brewery? I'm Carson Coatney. I'm one of the co-founders of Boonshine Brewing Company. Yeah, and Tim Herklutz here, same, partners with Carson and Boonshine. We started in 2000, we sold our first beer in 2015. Prior to that, I had been a home brewer back in the early 90s. I was in software development work for a while, and there's a, an interesting connection between software development, like engineering minds and making your own beer. And so I had gotten involved in home brewing back in the early 90s. Carson was also a home brewer, and I'll let you tell the story of how we connected. Yeah, I started home brewing. I own a bakery here in town. Oh, cool. And uh, I kind of like the chemistry of fermentation, whether it's sourdough breads or beer, and that kind of drew me in. So one of my employees' husbands taught me how to home brew, and it became a hobby. And Tim and I ran into each other. We were fishing buddies. We go to the coast a couple times a year with a group of guys. And uh, we ran into each other at a local yogurt shop. And Tim says to me, hey, man, we should start a brewery. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. If nobody else is going to do it, we should open one. Yeah. And this was before AMB, before Lost Province. It wasn't legal at that point to open a brewery in Boone. It wasn't. Uh, why the, is that? In, in the code. Yeah. It wasn't an approved use within the town limits. Mm -hmm. So there was no zoning for it, basically. Gotcha. At the time. So they had to, there was a push, and A&B was actually instrumental in getting that done, but there was a push to get that added to the town's zoning chart so that it would be legal to open a brewery. And so during the time that we were planning and brewing on my carport and talking about beer, and Tim was saying that he was going to quit his job, but he didn't quit his job. <laughs> you know, during that, during that three-year period, and B opened, yeah. and then we opened in 2015. Yeah. So we were brewing on the car in the carport, five gallons at a time, working on recipes, talking, just brainstorming on what would it look like if we opened the brewery. Like, and one of the big questions is like, how big? We wanted to distribute. You need to be big enough to be able to do that. And what's the right size of the system? And so we did a lot of reading and kind of back and forth talking about what that might look like. Mm -hmm. I want to tell a quick story about the history of beer and brewing in Boone. Carson made me think of when he was talking about that there wasn't the zoning in place, but the history of brewing in Boone actually goes all the way back to, I think it was the late 80s, very early 90s, I think late 80s. There was a brewery, a Tumbleweed Grill. It was a little kind of Tex-Mex kind of place in town. And they had a brewer that was started making their own beer. And the brewer's name is Kenny Ballman. And we call him, we actually refer to him as Bubble Man now. He's known as, oh, he comes to beer fests and blows bubbles and like huge bubbles and little bubbles. Really interesting guy. But he actually was the very first brewer in Boone at Tumbleweed Grill. It eventually became Cottonwood Brewery. And I think the Cottonwood brands got sold. I think, was it Foothills? Foothills. Foothills yeah. uh, might even still be making a few beers here and there in the Cottonwood brand, but that they are. Lager. They do have Cottonwood, Cottonwood Lager. Lager yeah. Yeah. I never knew where that. We talked yeah. to Foothills. They didn't even bring that up. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. 
Kenny was a basketball player, played at App State, and he ended up playing professional ball in Europe and was able to tour around like in Belgium. Oh. And so he got introduced to Belgian beers back when he was playing ball and sours and all kinds of really interesting styles. So fast forward to here, he becomes the brewer at Tumbleweed Grill, very first brewer here in Boone, and he makes a batch of beer and it soured. And Kenny, because he had experience playing basketball in Belgium, was like, oh, this is actually, this reminds me of beer that I had back home. If he wouldn't have known, if he wouldn't have had that connection, he probably would have poured it out and yeah. not actually known yeah. what he had. It was actually a legitimate sour beer. And he went on to enter that beer in the Great American GABF competition and won a medal. I think it might have been the first sour beer medal in the States. So to this day, if you look at the, the Brewers Association book on sour beers, in the introduction, it mentions Kenny Ballman from Boone. So there's really cool history. So he was the first at Tumbleweed Grill. He was the first brewer here in Boone. Winning a medal on a happy accident. Yeah, yeah. I, know. Like, <laughs> I bet he's real happy he didn't dump it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now when we have our High Country Beer Fest, you can picture Kenny. He's 6'6", six, six, with curly gray hair, <laughs> walking Still around bubbles. the crowd, six inches taller than everybody else, <laughs> with, with his bubble machine, and everybody's yeah. just like, he's like a local celebrity. If you're in a book, like, you can go do whatever you want. <laughs> if you're in a book, get some bubbles out, because yeah. that's your thing now. And if you were the first, like, sour beer medalist from the U.S., you, yeah. can, you do whatever you want, man. Yeah, you're set. Right? <laughs> and well, so we, you know, we, we spent several years homebrewing and talking about it, and it was kind of like, is this ever really going to happen? Or are we just kind of pipe dream, having fun, brewing beer, drinking beer? Mm-hmm. But we finally did get more serious about it and rented a 1,200-square-foot space in a shopping center next to a friend's restaurant. And we put in a 10-barrel system with three fermentation tanks and a bright. And Tim and I were the only people working there, no employees, <laughs> no payroll. So it was easy to cover payroll. There yeah. was none. It's like super and we easy. Just, yeah, we brewed our first beer, Boonshine IPA, mm-hmm. and rolled it over next door to Basil's Market that my friend owns and he put it on draft and then we started going around town to uh, local bars and restaurants and asking them if they wanted to buy beer and some of them were eager and said yeah as soon as it's ready like we want it and some of them were like oh we're gonna wait and see if it's any good <laughs> we'll see how it, how it actually like plays out we'll you guys said that. earlier that so how big was the space you said 12 1200 square feet and you did how many barrels one year in that space in our third year or last year there we, we did 1200 barrels so barrel, barrel per, per square foot. foot. <laughs> <laughs> we, were very, we had to get very creative. Yeah. At that, time happen, we, but we could. yeah. at that time, we had hired uh, two brewers and a sales guy was helping us. Mm-hmm. So we built a small team and had really good energy and had really built up our brand mm-hmm. in the high country. And so we felt like we were ready to take that move to, number one, increase production, but also have a space that was our own where we could welcome people to experience Boonshine. So I'll let Tim talk a little bit about Boonshine, the name, like what our vision was when we named it that, because we get a lot of questions. Yeah. Like in the early days, people would walk in and they'd be like, hey, you got that, what do they call it? You got the apple? that apple pie? You got <laughs> moonshine? Yeah, they were yeah. like, they were like they were yeah, we're not actually making moonshine. <laughs> yeah, that. He's a baker, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We were homebrewing. We had decided we were going we were gonna to open a brewery at some point. We didn't have a name, so we were brainstorming names and... One of our friends actually threw out the name. He just, just call it Boonshine. And 
you know, you kind of smile and maybe chuckle a little bit when you first hear the name because you think about moonshine. And we're in an area where there's still moonshiners in this area. It's like oh, a yeah. history of moonshine. As you have their so, contact. I don't personally, <laughs> but it is still a thing. There's legal moonshine down in yes, Wilkes County. That's right. Yeah. And uh, if you go down there and ask enough questions, I'm sure they can find you the other stuff. Yeah, too. I know. <laughs> we want the real deal. You know? Yeah. We um, have a song called Moonshine and we play it all the time at different shows and it just became a habit where it was like yeah this next one's called moonshine about making moonshine if you got any please let us know we'd be glad to try it out we've and, actually and found some we've, too yeah, we've, we've found, found some, some. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's out there so anyway our friend threw out the name moonshine we thought about it and we were like you smile you think about moonshine but then and then we we're like we don't really want to go that direction with it but we thought we could call our beer moonshine we could market our brand and build our brand around things that make Boone and the high country shine. Yeah. It's a great place to live here. Carson and I both live here. We love living here. It's a great place to raise a family. Uh, I've got the mountains and all the outdoor recreation, all those. There's a lot of really great things about the high country. And so the name all of a sudden just came alive and we said, what are things that make Boone shine? And originally we were doing like hashtag making Boone shine. We were making the beer. We were making the brand the company and talking about things that make the high country shine and making that connection. And so now that we've got, we've expanded, we're in our second location. Now we have the restaurant when we're talking to staff that are coming on board, I think we have around 70 employees now Uh, when staff are coming on board, I like to talk about the mission of what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing. And I say, we're trying to make the high country a better place. And if we can have great beer, great food, great service in a really cool and comfortable environment, if we do our jobs well, also, it's really important to us to have a good environment for our staff. Equally important is all of that, but that's all tied up in the mission. And if we do our jobs well, community is going to happen here. And if community happens here, we feel like we're successful in the making the high country a better place. And so we started with this, the name Boonshine, and then we were doing Making Boonshine. Now we've gone to Make Boonshine. It's on our glassware. It's actually a, there's an enter sign when you come into the tasting room. When you leave the tasting room, the back of the sign says Make Boon shine. So our customers are seeing it on the way out. That's what we're trying to do. And everything that we do, we're trying to filter through that lens of just, we want to make the high country a better place. Yeah. I grew up in Colorado. And so like, I love the mountains. And you say it Colorado. Yeah, I say it, I say it right. <laughs> I've got a son yeah. who lives in Colorado. Yeah. He's actually getting married next week. So everybody, always, when I moved to North Carolina from there, everyone was like, oh, you're saying it wrong. I was like, listen, I lived there for 17 years. I think I understand how to say it. Like I grew up there. But I used to spend every weekend in the mountains and I miss the mountains. That was like the biggest thing that like moving I was driving through the Appalachian Mountains when I was coming through, and I was like waiting. I was like, all right, when are we going to get to the top? When are we going to get to the top? And then I started going down, and I was like, what happened to the top of the mountain? But I, I love the mountains, and I almost went to App State as well. That was like... Hey, me too. I, I know. Like we, I wanted to go there. My parents didn't want me to go there because they are just like, you're just going to go snowboard all the time. But you're not going to go to class. I was like, cop me again. They have a class for that. I was a theater major anyway, so it didn't matter. But I was like, if I'm snowboarding, is that worse than making hats in millinery class? I don't think so. <laughs> yes, but, so go oh, on, yeah. go well, I was just saying the mountain culture is so different than a city. What is the vibe around being here in Boone? What is the culture like? When it comes to beer. I think that's originally when we named it Boonshine, it was about all the things that make Boonshine. It was about all the things that we like 
in regards to outdoor culture here because that's why we live here. It's a great small community. It's a great place to raise a family, but the mountains is really why we love it here. It doesn't hurt that it's 10 degrees cooler than it is every day in Greensboro yeah. and Raleigh, but all of our hobbies and activities basically revolve around the outdoors. I mean, I like fly fishing, hiking, backpacking, skiing in the winter, doing all those kinds of things, getting out and paddling the river in a kayak, that's what it's about here. So I think it's a little different pace. It's a little bit about more about uh, quality of life, enjoying life. Like it's still fast paced, but you take time to slow down when you're outside in nature. That's what I really enjoy about it. So your employee, as we were walking through, he had a case of beer and he was like, I'm taking this up to the rock. Is that so a- that's actually the App State football yeah. stadium. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a concert. There's a Darius Rucker concert tomorrow night. I heard. Uh, I, of, uh, I talked to your rep. He said he's going. He said someone yeah. bought him a ticket. And he was like, As yeah. part of the, they have a big, this is actually a good example of kind of the, of the, the culture up here. Music and arts is a big part of it. Every July, the university puts on an event where it runs all month. There's all kinds of activities. Sculpture, music activities, theater, the whole month. And so tonight is the, tomorrow night is the, is a big concert. We're sending So we're moving to Boone as well. I know. We've got some beer going over there. Yeah. As soon as we got out of the truck when he got here, everybody was like, so we're moving we here? Moving? So, so we home? <laughs> no, I miss the mountain so much. But it is like that outdoor vibe. A lot of people will say like when they go to Colorado, there's like, I've never seen so many people in shape. You know, it's, it's because everybody's out. Like you have all this beautiful stuff too like it's not like i'm going to planet fitness and working out every single day it's i'm walking up an awesome mountain i'm going down to the river i'm gonna go kayaking there's things that are really good for your body in the mountains and the air is thinner so it makes you like a little stronger yeah stronger it's like you're an elite person compared to a a sea level person (laughs) and my kids were born and grew up here two of them are out of high school and one of them's getting ready to be a senior in high school but they all just want to be outside. What they're into is rock climbing, mountain biking. My 19-year-old, he'll work all day, come home, and be like, okay, I'm going to the climbing gym. And then he'll come over from the climbing gym. He's like, but now I'm going to go outside and go out on a rock and catch the sunset, and I'll be home at 10 o'clock and eat whatever leftovers are sitting around. That's what he wants to do. And you're like, cool. He'd rather be climbing <laughs> on a rock, but if he can't get friends to go with him, he'll just go do a quick workout in the gym. But then he's out on a rock until sunset, and then he wakes up and does it all over again. So that, to me, that's like what living here is about and the way that I've raised my family. We did numerous backpacking trips growing up and now my kids, that's just part of who they are. That's awesome. How does the lifestyle up here affect your flavors, like in your beers? Do you specifically try to make stuff that's more kind of like light and refreshing or is it more of a mix? Does the, the culture of Boone influence your beers? That's a good one. I mean, I don't know that like it really affects it that much because mm. we're still brewing like all the different types of beer and we're following the market like everybody else. We're brewing things that we want to brew too. And when we do collaborations, we tend to be a little bit more creative and try to use more local ingredients and things like that. One of our first beers was a molasses porter. And we were able at that time, because we were smaller, to source some local sorghum molasses where the sorghum was grown on a farm here in Watauga County. And then they would take it to a a sorghum pressing and a molasses boil. And it was just a big community event where everybody would have banjos and fiddles and mandolins and sit around and play music while you boil molasses all day long. And it was a big potluck. And then they'd jar it all up at the end. 
and it was for sale in limited quantities, but sometimes they had a little bit extra or they had a batch that like didn't quite turn out exactly right in terms of the viscosity yeah. of it or whatever. And they're like, this would be good for brewing with, but we don't think it's like up to our standard. And so we were able to get that mm, and cool. incorporate that into a porter and it was delicious. With App State, we talked about it earlier, but with their brewing program, like how closely are you involved? Do you offer internships? Do you offer visits from the school? Like how's that relationship? That relationship goes back to the very start before we even opened the brewery. Brett Taubman is one of the professors over there. And one of the first things that we did was reach out to Brett, say, hey, can we come over? We want to talk about brewing. We're interested in opening a brewery. Number one, are we crazy? Yes. Number two, Most people say yeah. yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> number two, what advice would you give us? And number three, like how can we partner with the university and help make it a win for the fermentation science program too? Um, so that was the, one of the first conversations. And we've done quarterly collaborations with them ever since we started. So Brett will come over. He's wild. He'll come up with some crazy beer idea. We'll be like, no, Brett, really. Let's dial this back to a bit. And they'll be like, okay, Brett, we'll brew whatever you want to brew. (laughs) And so we brew it. We sell it for the quarter. And all the proceeds after we cover, like the grain cost and whatnot, goes back into the fermentation science program at App State. That's awesome. So that's one cool partnership that we have with them. We also have multiple employees who we've hired who graduated from the program. And then you asked about internships. Yes, we currently have an intern right now who's working with us as well. So it's been, cool. a great, it's been a great partnership, great collaboration. We've learned a lot from them. And they do the High Country Beer Fest every year. They do it through uh, their Ivory Tower nonprofit. Is, is the one associated with App State's fermentation science so, so that they can actually like sell beer and do that kind of thing and, and then funnel the money into fermentation science. So that's just... At the, the fairground, that's like a mile down the road from here, too. We're brewing a beer with them, I think, on Monday, ahead of Beer Fest. We're brewing, we're brewing a beer with the App State Fermentation Sciences Group that we'll have released at the Beer Fest. It's a good it's a good time. We started the brewery in 2015. Also, like, we brewed our first, was it just one beer or two beers? Two. So we, had, we had brewed two beers, and then we t- took a week-long professional brewer's course up at App State. Oh, yeah. And learned all the crazy science. Um, and I have a, a science background, but it was still like the number of formulas on and everything that's going on in your beer to like really understand yeah. like what you're doing at the chemical level, at the microbiological level, how yeast works and all that. So it was a full week long course up there. And it was really cool to do that right at the start of our brewing time. And it also strengthened our relationship mm-hmm. with fermentation sciences. Talk about scientific. A big thing we talk about with people is the water chemistry really affects the flavor. And being in the mountains, like the water composition, how does that play into the flavors of your beers? Yeah, we're, we're really blessed here because the water that we get is the water that falls on Grandfather Mountain. Oh, nice. We're in a watershed, so no, none of our water comes from an underground aquifer. It's all basically rainwater. Oh. And so there's almost no mineral content in it. So it's, it's kind of like a blank slate, yeah, so, which means yeah. any style that we want to brew, we can easily just add the salts that we need mm-hmm. to achieve the water that we want. But we have a perfectly clean slate to start with. That's cool. Some people <laughs> strip it back to that. You're just like, yeah. I start there. Yeah, some people spend a lot of money for like yeah. reverse osmosis yeah. systems and stuff like that to get to that starting point. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it really does make a difference. It's just, it helps the whole process. And I think that's why 
North Carolina's got a ton of great beer, but I think that's why you do see some of a concentration. Asheville areas be yeah. similar. Just the water does certainly help. It takes out oh, yeah. some some steps that you might have to take if, if you're taking things out. So it's really great. So, yeah. it, it's just crazy to think because we do not come from a brewing background. We come from a drinking beer background. Like, yeah. we, we do a lot of that. You know, like this year, we've learned a lot of the science and that's one big thing that everybody talks about. They talk about the water composition. They'll talk about the yeast, but then also collaborating with p- other breweries. Like here in Boone, do y'all collaborate with them ever? So yeah, we've done, we've done yeah. a collaboration with uh, Lost Province recently in the last year. And then A&B, as almost everybody knows, was bought by Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. And for a while was no longer considered North Carolina craft beer. <sighs> We're still friends with them, but mm. took that off the table. But just recently... Nate and Chris were able to buy the brewery back. Oh, and nice. And so now they're independently owned again. They got a place down in Mill River that they just opened. And so we're super excited to, to th- for them yeah. Yeah. to be able to do that. But also, it definitely opens doors for us. The relationship was always there. It was always like, hey, you need a bag of grain? Sure, come and get it. You want to have a beer? Yeah. But it did change the situation a little bit for us. So we're super excited for them. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I had that's no idea. idea. I didn't know that I, I either. Yeah. They bought. Yeah, you guys should go do a podcast with them yeah, for sure. I'm sure they have some an interesting story. Oh, yeah, to tell. Like, I'm sure that's a journey right they're there. They're like selling our soul and buying it back. Yeah, yeah. they're the first. They're the first and only that have ever done that. They got yeah. it back. So we were super excited. That's we're lucky here in Boone, though. The brewing community is really strong. Everyone's doing a really good job. We all collaborate and help each other out. It's on Fridays at least once a month. The brewers from the different breweries get together somewhere and have a beer and catch up. It's really a a great environment in terms of craft beer. That's awesome. And so you guys just did a collaboration with Wooden Robot. And then I also heard that just came out that you guys were eighth in top 100 breweries and then Wooden Robot was sixth. Is that what I was? I haven't seen that. I think there was a Southern Living Living Readers (laughs) poll that had like top 10 breweries in North Carolina. We were fortunate enough to be listed there. And as was the Appalachian Mountain Brewery and Wooden Robot, Dang. Yeah, which was no, really yeah. cool. It's a and big concentration of I know. right up here. Yeah. So we brewed, we actually, we already had a relationship with Wooden Robot and we recently did a collaboration. We just released it this week. It's limited quantities, but it's a Japanese rice lager that we brewed with yuzu. And then we finished with a little bit of jasmine green tea. And, and we delicious. used like a locally malted, we used a, a malt that was malted by, it, the grain came from Germany, but it was malted by Epiphany Malt in Durham. We, it's like a special malt. We know those guys. Sebastian, <laughs> those guys, yeah, it's great. And then the Japanese, the green tea is like a super special variety of jasmine tea. And I think you guys actually just sampled that, oh, we did. that beer, but we're super excited that the only downside is going to go really fast because it's, <laughs> it's hey, so good. Listen um, about this beer. It's but gone. On the brewery <laughs> side, we're actually, we've been expanding creative small batch kinds of things that we're doing and trying to figure out, we're always doing new beers here in the tasting room, but we're getting to the point where we're going to get better at actually getting those out to the public. And so doing, being able to release small quantities in package of special things that we're doing. This is one example of that so we're super excited about it it's called liquid haiku oh yeah you got to check out the cans the design that that nick and work with work his team and worked with the designer on is the design is great it's it's really cool and and there's of course there's a beer haiku on the label of course oh i'll have to read that had to do that but if you get your hands on the liquid haiku it's fantastic yeah no I, i like most of your can art as well i actually have 
the Space Pegasus and the uh, Short King on draft at home. Yeah, you got a good rep. Let me tell you, he comes in and he sold me. I was gonna buy the Space Pegasus, and he's like, "You sure you don't want this one?" I was like, "You know what? Give me both of them." Yeah, yeah I'll take them. <laughs> good to hear. Yeah, we always try to wrap up every conversation with either advice or. What I think would be more interesting, considering it was just a two-person team and then growing and having all of these different issues with zoning, like what were some of the biggest learning moments you had along your journey? I'll throw out one. And then I like to tell people this. The great thing about making beer is that it's art and science, um, which is really cool. I think that's what appeals to us about doing that. But I also tell people, you can understand the science and you can beautifully brew a batch of beer. You can understand all the steps and all the equipment and all the science and you can beautifully make a batch of beer. And, and it's it Bud Light. It might come out and you're like, this is not what we were shooting for, right? <laughs> On the art side, it's like, is this what we intend and is this what people are going to want? And one of the things that was really cool with our relationship is Carson and I were both really into craft beer and I followed craft beer coming to the States and always been interested in it. But Carson has a lot of experience at the bake at a bakery. Mm-hmm. And so bakeries constantly, there's a lot of similarities, but you're constantly taking recipes for breads and pastries and such and trying to figure out, all right, how do we make that better? How do we actually make this great? And we, so I think like really focusing on, you've got to understand the science and the process, but there's also an art to actually did you get what you wanted? Is this the right flavor? Are people going to connect with it? Well, another thing that we say is it's pretty easy to brew good beer. It's a little bit harder to brew the same good beer over and over again. Consistency. Building out systems was because it grew with just the two of us and the things that we were doing were the things that we knew that we were going to do the same every time. Mm -hmm. So like having a team and being able to repeat the same things and build that level of consistency in with education, training, having good procedures. So I think a lot, a lot of times, oh, I had this beer last time and it was really good and now it's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the challenges is like figuring out how to build that consistency into what you're doing. And some people are just like super creative and free thinkers and they're always just throwing things around and they're gonna brew some really great beers, right? But is it gonna be the same next time you go there? Are you gonna be disappointed? Are you gonna be like, oh, this place like just really struggles with consistency? So we're trying to like, find that middle ground where we're creative, we're coming up with new things, we're being innovative. But when we do it, we're able to replicate it and do it really well at a high level. That's yeah. good advice. Consistency is key. Yeah, it is key. That This has been an awesome kind of snapshot into your journey and everything. As far as the future, like what kind of goals do you have for yourself for the next, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, <laughs> so, you know, We don't have any big plans right now. Our brewery GM, Nick, that you just met, and we have a restaurant GM, Shirley. They're part of our leadership team, our vision and planning. We brought them into the business so they have a stake in the business. They're really part of the planning process going forward. And it's gonna depend as much on what they want to do and the teams that they can build as what we wanna do and what we can build. So we grew really fast coming out of COVID and now we're trying to build a consistency, build the right culture on our team, and get those systems in place and get to a point where then we can say, okay, we've consolidated our growth, our gains. We feel like we're doing a good job with what we've been given. Because <laughs> in some ways it came so fast, we felt like we were just juggling all the time. And so we're trying to get to that point where it's like, okay, we feel like we're doing a really good job with what we have. And now let's plan for what the next step would be. 
But in the meantime, and we're continuing to increase volume here, switch out 10s for 30s, talk about building a huge walk-in on the back of the building, maybe replacing the brewing system with a bigger one. So we've got some kind of goals, but we don't have that full vision yet. Yeah, no. that's okay too. It's go with the flow. I'm very excited to hear that you are working with the college because there's not many places that have a program like that in general. This has been awesome. We appreciate you sitting down and chatting with us. And I've learned a lot. And I know a lot of people, hopefully this will get more people interested in coming up and checking out Boone. It's like a lot of people talk about Asheville, but I think Boone is so much cooler. Yeah, and it is technically cooler because the mountains are higher here. There you go. If you want to actually be cooler, (laughs) come on up to Boone, check out the the beer scene here. You won't be be disappointed. Awesome. There you go. Name of the episode, Cooler in Boone. That thing's cooler in Boone. (laughs) Awesome. That's Thanks again to Carson and Tim for showing us what makes Boone shine. From the bubble man to the beautiful mountain views, there are so many reasons to visit Boone. Not to mention the delicious beers they're brewing out at Boonshine. So grab a cold one, get out there, and make wherever you live shine too. Cheers to that, and we'll catch you next week.